Welcome to Talking Kotlin. On this episode, I am sitting down with Holger Brandel talking scripting with Kotlin. Holger, welcome to the show. Hello, Harry. It's great to be here. Oh, it's great for us to chat because I've been wanting to get you on the show for some time now. And I think that we tried numerous times and finally we've managed to arrange uh, a, a time slot that works for both of us. Yes, yes, I'm really happy. <laughs> yeah, and you work from home or you work from an office? I'm at work at the moment. I skipped lunch today, but I got a sandwich, so I'm fine. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I, I you should have. We should have done this another no, time if you were skipping it's, lunch. It's totally fine. I love it to be on the show. But you said that uh, there's a. That we were just talking previously before the the show started that you said that there's some festival that goes around in your town. Uh, tomorrow is that right it's not it's not just my town it's uh, all in germany i think at least quite some regions they call it himmelfahrt or Männertag, so the day of the man and the man sometimes or here at least celebrate by walking on the streets with some small trolley uh, with beer but it depends on the weather i mean if the weather is nice many people get drunk if it's a bit windy and a bit rainy it's a bit more yeah calm yeah so let's see how it goes yeah <laughs> Okay, well, uh, you're skipping lunch today, so hopefully the weather's fine tomorrow and you can enjoy <laughs> that. Uh, and, of course, you were... It's actually really shame that we, we only started to talk now because you were at KotlinConf last year, right? I was there. It was a great conference. I really loved it. The awesome. place, the conference, the people, it was really great. Awesome. That's great to hear. And I hope to see you this year at uh, in Amsterdam. Uh, yes, I submitted a, a contribution at Tilgos. Okay. Uh, so, some people said, uh, they said that we are seeing a pattern that uh, uh, Kotlin conference being held in all places where uh, marijuana is legal. And <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not actually the case because uh, I believe as a tourist, you're not allowed to consume marijuana in um, in Amsterdam. But anyway, enough talking about that. Uh, so yeah, so you were at KotlinConf last year. I was overly stressed. I didn't manage to not only not catch your session live, but we didn't even manage to meet in person to the extent that, you know, have a proper conversation. So I'm sorry about that. And I do hope that we do get end up meeting again uh, this year. Uh, but you were there giving a talk on KScript, which is a project of yours, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And, and but before we get to KScript, uh, you're one of the few people that I've seen actively has been using Kotlin because Kotlin, of course, is not only the JVM JavaScript uh, native, like anything now, but it's also for scripting. And you've been using Kotlin for scripting. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. So, yes, I mean, actually, uh, I'm working in the bioinformatics domain and we often use Bash, I have to admit, but it's often a pain. So, and my origin is more on the JVM side. So I was really pleased to read about Kotlin in, what was it, 2016. And so I was really eager to get started with it. But then when trying it out, I mean, the scripting part of it seemed a bit underdeveloped at the time. And then I, yeah, tried to fill the gap by uh, starting this case script project together with a colleague of mine. So you were basically looking at something to replace Bash, yes, essentially. Yes, yes, yes. Because I with Bash, I mean, not sure to what extent you, you have used Bash. Yourself, I copy paste quite fine, thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, it gets messy, I mean, rather quickly. So you cannot do proper engineering, you cannot do proper testing, you cannot evolve, I mean, more complex data types. So it's not really fun, especially if you have some JVM background so you, and you know the real thing 
uh, to do proper engineering, then I mean the batch sometimes feels a bit odd, feels a bit wrong, but there was no other alternative at the time. So that's why I was uh, really happy to see, oh, JVM, Kotlin, scripting, it seemed to come all together. And then, yeah, I just tried it and yeah. That's how K-Script basically uh, started. Right, so, and, and before we dive into K-Script, so what, yes. what were the things that you wanted to use scripting for? Like, give us some examples. What I do uh, rather often is I work with biological data sets, and sometimes they're really massive, like it's gigabytes and tons of gigabytes, and I need to cut them down, need to organize them, filter them in, in, in different ways. You can do this with Bash, but as soon as you start increasing the complexity of what you're doing, I mean, you hit the bash limit sooner or later. And I was using Python to do this, but uh, maybe it's me, but uh, I was never really a big friend of Python. So uh, that's why I always was looking for some alternative, like some JVM-based alternative, because I knew Java very well already, uh, but there was nothing. Uh, so that's why I was really happy to see uh, Kotlin uh, to, to show up on the scene and providing some uh, scripting support. Right. And, and you mentioned JVM a few times, uh, mm -hmm. which is which is great, right? Because you get to use uh, Kotlin, uh, which is statically typed. I guess that's that's one benefit exactly. that you have over uh, Python in, in your case. Uh, and you get to use the wealth of libraries that are available. But that also comes with the disadvantage, so to speak, that it is on the JVM. And, you know, a lot of times when people think about uh, scripting and they think about running essentially scripts on different machines and that doesn't that having to have now the JVM kind of isn't that a deterrent so to speak I'm not so sure during my uh, PhD time I read a very interesting article about a software project called Sphinx. It was a speech recognition system, and they had two implementations, one in C and one in Java. And they actually argued that they could build a more performance system in Java because they could scale up the engineering better to a more complex design, which they could not do on the C side. So I wouldn't say that Java is always slower compared to a more native solution. Oh, no, absolutely not. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and there's, arguably Java is extremely fast uh, and memory performance, uh, mm -hmm. ignoring the startup time. But I'm talking specifically about the, the quote unquote portability of this, right? So I've got, you've got some scripts that you want to run, for example, on, on some remote uh, machine. Mm -hmm. Usually uh, most remote machines have bash. Right, yes. so you can just run Bash here yes. with a Kotlin script. You would need to have you pull in the JVM to be able to run this. That, that that's what I was referring to. Yes. Oh, that's also a very good point. Actually, I think it's the opposite. So when writing Bash, I often struggle with the problem that Bash is not the same on every platform. Like on my Mac, Bash is totally different compared to a Linux system. Like there's commands missing, commands behaving differently. So you really have to spend quite some time to write a truly cross-platform uh, bash script. Whereas with a Java or with a Kotlin script, it's much more straightforward because within the JVM, I mean, things were, are way more consistent. Yeah. And, and of course, this is leading to the next question that you probably are imagining what I'm going to ask is, you know, now we have Kotlin native or I mean, we have Kotlin native in development. It's not released yet. And yes. that has interrupt with C and with platform libraries such as, you know, POSIX and, and, and Windows libraries. Do you see that in terms of scripting, uh, that becoming a, a future thing that you would use, replacing the JVM version? 
I think it's definitely a very interesting option because what's still a bit annoying, so to say, is the JVM startup time, especially if you want to build small tools like small command line tools. The JVM startup time, I mean, it really I mean, adds up if you have to call the same tool uh, a billion times. And then, I mean, using some more native approach where you get rid of the startup time, I think this would be a really interesting option. Yeah. I mean, the, prob the, the problem for sure is the library support. So let's see how this evolves. I mean, uh, for sure there's a lot of momentum in this uh, Kotlin native uh, uh, community, but there's still this uh, super rich Java JVM ecosystem with all these thousands of libraries. So let's see how quickly the native part can catch up with this. Yeah, definitely there needs to be a good array of utilities and libraries that are cross-platform because otherwise you're going to end up in the same situation you just said with Bash, right? That I'm going to have to go through hoops to be able to create a script that is truly cross-platform. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So, and in regard to the scripting, so essentially what this means is that for people that aren't familiar with, with scripting in Kotlin, how, how exactly does it work? I mean, how do you create a script in Kotlin? I mean, typically, if you write a Java or Kotlin program, you have class, you have a main function, and within this main function, you basically start all your uh, logic. So all, all the, the, the stuff which is happening within your program. But in a script, I mean, it's really like in a Python script or an R script, you start right away with what you want to do. This is really the nice thing about it. You don't need any wrapper around it. And in Kotlin, it works in exactly that way, so you can really open a, a script file that typically have a different extension, KTS, and then you can really start doing stuff right away. You don't need any main, you don't need any class. It's really, I mean, very intuitive, I mean, and I mean, a very direct approach. So you don't even need a main function. You can just no. start to write code. You can just start to write code. This is, which really makes it very nice and, and, uh, and approachable, I think. And then where does that leave you in terms of the language? Uh, can you use other, th I mean, can you use constructs such as classes in your sure. script? Sure, 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 you can. You still have the full uh, flexibility of the Kotlin language, so you can have data classes, you can uh, in, I mean, refer to additional libraries, I mean, you can use a complete syntax and language structure, which is available. Right. So that's not, I mean, I'm not aware of any limitation here. You can even put scripts under a namespace if you want to, like mm -hmm. a, into a package. So they can have also access to package uh, only uh, methods like uh, with this internal and package visibility. Uh, but in most cases, I think people just put them in the root package and, and go with it. Right. And so if there's no main function, Mm -hmm. Like, where is the starting point? Is it top down? It just starts to execute everything from top down? Exactly. It starts from the top and just works away to the bottom, okay. which is, I think, uh, also a very important feature because many people uh, who don't know Kotlin yet but might uh, use other languages like R or Python, uh, uh, they, I mean, they know this approach and it feels very familiar to them. Like, if you write an R script, it's also the same approach. It starts at the top and works uh, its way down to the bottom of the script. And I think in Python, it's similar. So with regular Kotlin, uh, code that you write, mm -hmm. you know, I can have a function called print message and I can place that in any position in the file and then I can invoke it from my main function, for example. Mm -hmm. That is the case with scripts or given that it's top down, you have to have your function declarations first. I think you have to have them first, but you could correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> no, I believe that that is the case, but I okay, was going to yes. say you can correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think the order matters in case of the script. 
Yeah. Uh, and if anyone's listening, well, if we're both wrong, you can correct us if we're <laughs> wrong, but you can't do it live. So there. <laughs> I want other very uh, interesting aspect of uh, using a Kotlin script is uh, and using this uh, bottom to down uh, execution order, you can also evaluate the script incrementally in a, in a REPL, like in an interactive shell, which is also very important if you want to evolve some workflow, if you want to. Uh, uh, evolve some analysis, which is a bit more tricky if you use this regular, I mean, uh, approach with a main function where you typically end up using the debugger. Uh, with a script, you can really do it line by line, either in the in the bash uh, by uh, starting a Kotlin shell or by uh, using the, the wrapper, which is built into the IntelliJ platform. Yeah. And so you started to use Kotlin script back in 2016 or so, right? Yes, I mean, I think when the first version, the first major version was released, I started to work on K-Script. And what you found was that it had certain limitations? Yes, I mean, the tooling was not evolved as it is today. Uh, so, like, for instance, it was always recompiling the scripts because that's what Kotlin is doing when executing a script, is actually compiling it into some kind of uh, program, like a regular uh, class file, and then it's running it. And for sure, this creates some delay which you would like to avoid if you can. And since scripts are often static, you, I mean, the idea uh, which crossed my mind rather quickly was, why don't we cache them? Right. And what other limitation was there? Uh, I mean, the other problem which I encountered uh, was that uh, dependency declarations, I mean, you could not really declare dependencies in a script in, a, in an easy way. What you could do when running a script via the, the uh, Kotlin uh, interpreter like Kotlin, uh, you could provide a class path. But uh, when writing a script, uh, you would then need to keep a separate wrapper script with all the class path uh, declarations, which didn't seem to uh, be, I mean, fluent enough to me. That's why I thought, oh, why can't we come up with a way to declare de uh, library dependencies directly within the script itself? Okay, and so the result of this was essentially a project that that uh, you gave birth to, which was called KScript, right? Yes, yes. I mean, there was uh, another project at the time called Kotlin-Script, uh, but I, I mean, it had some issues and it didn't really do all the things I wanted. So that's I thought, ah, let's try uh, how far we can get uh, by, by re-implementing this thing from scratch. And that's, yeah, that's how we started KScript. And KScript is what? I mean, for, for, I mean, you know, for people that are completely unfamiliar is it, what is what exactly is it that i mean in technical terms it's a script interpreter by itself so you can in a, in a bash script in the terminal you have at the beginning typically this so-called shebang line where you uh, indicate what program should be used to execute uh, the, the script below and instead of using Kotlin directly, which you could do, uh, you would use KScript now uh, as a, some kind of drop-in replacement. And by doing so, you uh, add a couple of features like this uh, caching of compiled scripts, uh, the ability to declare dependencies in, within the script itself, and a few more. So it's essentially an, uh, an enhanced version of the scripting support that, that yes. is present in Kotlin. That's correct, yes. Okay. And so what else does it have in addition to uh, the ability to cache? 
Yes, uh, so I think the, the library dependency declarations are a very important uh, aspect because what you can do in a case script, you can simply say uh, my script depends on some library and we use the same pattern as in Gradle. You have this Gradle style resource locators with the, the package and then the, the, the artifact name and then the version. And then internally, case script will resolve all these uh, dependencies via Maven. Well, Actually, also, let's, if you don't yes. mind, let, let's take a step sure. back there because sure, we sure. didn't cover this in, in the default scripting in Kotlin and, and it would be good to put people into context. So mm -hmm. let's say, you know, you, we're talking about this rich ecosystem that we have on the JVM and yes. I want to use some of this in my script. Now, yes. given that I have a KTS file, how exactly do I bring in these dependencies that that can be, for example, Maven artifacts? Do, mm -hmm. Does KTS use the equivalent of a Gradle file or a Maven file or Palm? Uh, I think uh, in the original language specification, dependencies are not part of a KTS file. So uh, it, uh, what Kotlin assumes here is that dependencies are declared via the class pass, which is uh, which is given to the Kotlin uh, um, executable. So within the uh, KTS, you typically don't have any uh, declaration of, uh, of dependencies. But this is also for sure a limitation because if you want to write some kind of self-contained uh, script that is based on certain uh, libraries, you want to declare the dependencies in some way. Exactly. Uh, and that's basically where a KScript uh, provides uh, some means for. Right. And so what, what does KScript now give you? You're saying that now I can declare these dependencies in the script file itself. Yes. So there are basically two different ways to declare or to configure KScript. I mean, there's annotation-driven uh, configuration where you would use regular uh, Java annotations uh, to configure a KScript. And there's an all more old school, I mean, basically, basically how we started approach, where we have some kind of uh, comment directive. So you have slash slash, and then, for instance, depends on to uh, declare a dependency. Uh, but I would prefer now these more modern uh, annotation-driven uh, uh, configuration approach. And then, so this means that with annotations, I can define the artifact, the version, and even if it's not on, uh, you know, also define the repository where this artifact yes, is hosted. Yes, you can, you can also do so. There's a special uh, annotation called Maven repository where you uh, simply indicate the repository you'd like to use. And you and these are just annotations that are standalone at the top of the file, essentially. Uh, yes, you put them at, uh, at the beginning of the script. I think that's also a requirement here because what we use here is these uh, file level annotations. And uh, according to the Kotlin language specification, those uh, file level annotations need to come first in a script. So even before you do all any import or uh, package uh, statement, so this is really the beginning of the script. Yeah, I was just looking through the um, the GitHub readme that you have, and you have, for example, declared dependencies, uh, ampersand file colon depends on, and then essentially exactly. that's the same string as that you would pass into a Gradle. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I mean, the only thing for sure is uh, the, the library of interest I mean, you would look up the corresponding artifact uh, URL on Maven Central or JCenter, whatever you prefer, and then it should work right away. Nice. And then how are you doing this under the covers? Like, <clears> what <throat> are you doing uh, I mean, to the, bring this in? Yes, so these uh, annotations itself, they are not part of Kotlin. So we have created a small support library where these annotations are defined. 
and Kotlin adds this uh, library automatically uh, to the class path when compiling your script. Right, so there's a small uh, um, artifact called, I think, case script annotations, where just those uh, annotations, like depends on and the Maven repository and a few others, are defined, and those are automatically uh, added by case script when you uh, run a, a script with it. And what's then happening behind the scenes is case script will pull out all the dependencies and run Maven, uh, create some temporary Maven project in order to. Uh, uh, pull all the dependencies from the repositories as defined in your script. Okay, and one of the things that you say that it adds is, and reading here it says embedded configuration for Kotlin runtime options. Can you explain what, what that gives us? Yes, I mean, so far we just covered the uh, library dependencies, which is a very important aspect for sure, but uh, CaseScript has uh, more, uh, provides more ways to configure script. For instance, uh, there's a, um, a way to configure the runtime options with an annotation called Kotlin Opts, where you, for instance, could provide a different amount of uh, work, uh, working memory, like heap space. Or there's also another annotation which allows you to uh, fine-tune the compiler options. Like if you want to use a different JVM target, you would say at the beginning of your case script, add file compiler opts, uh, and then in, in, as an argument, you would say minus JVM target with some version you like. Nice. And there's a few others, but I think, yeah, I think this should give you some idea about how, what the idea of this, this configuration approach is. And of course, you can also create, uh, I, I, I believe I also saw that you could create standalone binaries for this, no? So that it's yes. kind of self-contained. Yes, I mean, actually, it was not my plan, I have to admit, because once you start building standalone binaries, what you actually build or what you actually develop is a build tool. Like you build something which is, I mean, something that is uh, sitting next to Gradle or Maven. So you build some tool that allows people to deploy software, which was not the original intention. But people asked for it, and it was reasonably easy to implement. So that's why we did it. And we did it in a, I think, rather uh, a nice way. So you can simply say, I'll call case script with a minus minus package argument. You provide a script, which you would like to compile. And then they will actually uh, build a self-contained bash script, which has a, a class code, like some fat jar as a binary payload. So you have a single file then, which is executable and which uh, runs your application. That's very cool. And, and so one of the things, again, we were talking about is like the ability to use everything that's a, a part, of, part of the ecosystem, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, is that sufficient? In, in terms of scripting, or do you need other things as well? Because I mean, you know, you had something around here that was talking about support libraries to to ease the writing of Kotlin script scriptlets. What exactly does that mean? I mean, what is that bringing in? Um, so when writing or when develop, developing a case script, one major use case for me was to replace uh, in bash uh, these endless pipes of grep and filter and you name it, with uh, a case script uh, equivalent. And in order to do so, I created a small a support library to ease text processing, more or less, so that you could basically write a small case script that uh, would allow to do the same type of uh, piping uh, within Bash, but using some Kotlin uh, in the middle. And in order to do so, we added this as artifact. I mean, looking back, I'm not so sure uh, if it uh, should have been rather deployed as a separate standalone project. 
because it's not so generic. I mean, Kscript itself is very generic. It doesn't relate to any type of uh, application. But this uh, text processing support API, I mean, it's, it's a bit more specific. But since it was added and because of backward compatibility, I think we should not put it out. So what is the uptake of this? I mean, are, are, you, are people using it actively? I don't know. I mean, people. I mean, it's a million-dollar question, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least five hundred people started on GitHub, so I think some people at least like the idea. And uh, I get a more or less constant uh, um, uh, set of questions. I mean, every week there's a couple of people supporting either issues or providing pull requests, which I really like, or just asking about how to do certain things of it. So I think some people are using it. Yes. And you have a. Do you have a Slack channel on the Kotlin Slack for this? I'm on the Kotlin Slack, and I think I'm subscribed to scripting. So in case people have questions, feel welcome to contact me via scripting or directly. I mean, depending on what you prefer. Great. Now, this is a question that, you know, from your perspective, mm -hmm. okay? What I see is a lot of awesome things that, that you've done, right? And and you fixed a lot of problems. I mean, one of the first ones that you were talking about was uh, providing caching, right? Which uh, you st essentially it's just checking that if the script hasn't changed, it doesn't need to do the whole recompilation, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've done all of these new things. Have you ever considered or talked to the team about maybe making this part of the official scripting support for Kotlin? I think there's a lot of things going on at the moment with respect to scripting. Like there's this uh, cap, this Kotlin enhancement for the proposal. Keep, oh, yeah, the keeps. Kotlin keep, evolution keep, and enhancement. And one is about scripting, which I'm really interested in. And it especially details out about uh, how to declare... Um, uh, library dependencies in a script, which yeah. I'm really looking forward to. And I think the moment this is more or less stable, we will also rework Kscript to support the same type of uh, um, annotations. Right. Because I think then it would be, I mean, if there's some kind of community standard, I mean, I think it's the right thing to follow it. But uh, when we started the project, there was no such thing. That's why we came up with our own set of uh, annotations here. Okay. And but you don't see, so I mean, in a sense, I, I guess, would you consider it a success if Kscript was no longer required? I don't sure. know if, if I'm phrasing sure. that correctly, right? Uh, sure, definitely. I mean, it was fun to build it, but it's also quite some effort to maintain, maintain and it. to support it. And it's also not my, I mean, it wasn't my main interest when, when starting to work with, with Kotlin because I actually wanted to solve some of my daily problems when working with data. I was not so interested in building a build tool, uh, which Kscript is more or less. Uh, so if, there, if this would be merged or somehow replaced with some uh, more uh, elaborate solution, I would be really happy. I mean, and, and I just want to really point out very clearly that I don't, believe in this idea that, you know, I, because I think that an ecosystem and a community and a language, all of these things grow when there is a, a you know, people like yourself and others are uh, creating things that are in, enhancing what there is, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so this was just a real direct question for you. I'm not saying that, you know, well, the real solution here is for, for scripting in Kotlin to be, you know, as good as Kscript so that you wouldn't need Kscript, but more was like, is this your ultimate goal or, or would, would you be 
thinking about contributing to to the to the actual Kotlin scripting or having parts of KScript mm -hmm. contributed. Uh, because you know people have different goals with, with yeah. open source projects, right? It actually never crossed my mind to contribute to the real Kotlin uh, repo because I thought it was too basic. <laughs> it was just a tiny tool, so it never crossed my mind actually to think about it. Well, I think I mean, you should, I mean, I and like that. That's the that I think everybody should think about that. You know, and one yeah, of the things that you're right. You know, even if it's with people, kind of say like. Where can I contribute? And and there's this uh, there's this project that uh, that was launched uh, a few years ago. I, I can't remember the name of it, but essentially what it was is it would you could tag your uh, issues on whether you were using GitHub issues or or Utrack or whatever system you were using mm -hmm. with, with kind of like a, a special tag that was like um, beginner friendly or or low hanging fruit or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So which meant like, you know, I want to contribute to an open source project. I'm not completely involved in it. I don't have the necessary knowledge at this point. What can I contribute to? And, yeah. and this kind of contributions really should be encouraged, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so, like, you've basically done a whole ton of work, and and you're sitting there saying, "I didn't really think I could contribute." Well, yeah, dude, you could have. <laughs> you know, like... To be honest, when when when, uh, when we started to work on KScript, uh, it was actually a bash script, which uh, yeah, I didn't really like. So we started it as a bash script. So the whole thing was written in bash itself. Even if one of the main motivations was uh, to get rid of bash. Yeah. So uh, before the Kotlin conference, I thought I could cannot go to San Francisco and present a bash script to all these uh, great Kotlin developers. So I actually sat down and rewrote the whole thing in Kotlin itself. And then it became, I think, a much better quality. We could also do better testing and stuff. Uh, but uh, at the beginning of the project, I think it was really just a simple bash script. It didn't yeah, feel worth contributing back into the, the Kotlin world. Yeah, but I mean, you know, at the end of the day, all projects start like that, right? Yes, I mean, even true, Kotlin true. is Java, uh, and sure. then it's been slowly bootstrapped to have yeah. more Kotlin. Yeah. Um, so that that's not really an issue. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that 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 is great though, and and really, I'm I'm personally thankful, and I know that the team is thankful for for the amazing stuff you've done. Uh, when we were looking at this uh, for KotlinConf, you know, they, they were like, oh, when when topic of KScript came up we're like most definitely because you know you've you've done some really really cool stuff with this so thank you, so thank you for that on, on behalf of everyone uh, but you know and I, I think that it's important to to have these community contributions and, and mm -hmm. whether some of these are adopted or some of these are you know become part of the system or always yeah. continue to enhance it it's it's good right yeah uh, uh. Great. Well, um, that's uh, really cool to to have you come on. Uh, finally, had a chat. Finally, uh, learned more about uh, Kotlin scripting. Are you excited then about the potential that we were talking about with where, if Kotlin native could provide you with scripting in this sense? We uh, talked about. I mean, some some contributors of KScript and me. We talked about uh, compiling the whole script, uh, whole thing as a native binary. And it's still something, something which we would consider because especially for KScript, I mean, having this uh, JVM um, startup time, uh, every time we run KScript is a bit of annoying. So, I mean, using a native here, I think this would be definitely an option. But in order to do so, as we discussed initially, I think the library support would need to evolve a bit further. Yeah. And, and again, it also, that very largely depends on yeah. what exactly, like it's not only getting the KScript to, to work on native, but it depends also on 
what exactly you're using, right, in terms of for your actual scripts. Yeah, I mean, what helped definitely helped uh, scripting in uh, in Kotlin a lot uh, more recently is uh, the improvements in the IDE. Like so the scripting support has been improved, I think, considerably. So you can now actually uh, execute a script. You can debug it. I mean, things which seem obvious but weren't possible before. Also, the interactive shell has improved a lot. So, and I'm really happy about these, these aspects. Also, there's the, a the Kotlin kernel for Jupyter, which is essentially also just executing a script more or less. Uh, also, uh, I mean, again, some momentum and there was some nice improvements. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward uh, to what uh, the future will bring here. Yeah, we should definitely make sure that we get our tooling always up to speed. All right? yeah, yeah. Because we are a tooling company. It's embarrassing yes. if it's not, you know. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think the, the scripting is... I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but from what I've heard at the last conference and also from what I'm reading online, the focus is more on the Android side, more on the server side. Uh, so scripting was not at the center, I think. But especially since now there's this, this Gradle uh, support, I think, I mean, scripting became a bit more relevant because now you, know, you can also write your Gradle script in Kotlin, and this is actually just a Kotlin script. And I think this also helped to push forward the, the importance uh, of, of scripting in general on the Kotlin platform. Yeah, that is true. And I, and I, I wouldn't say that it's not uh, important. I think it is, but it's like everything. You know, there is there's a sure. certain amount of limited people and, and time that, that, that we have, you know, and at the end of the day, it is a, a little bit about priorities. But I wouldn't say that it's mainly Android and server-side. Like Kotlin <laughs> for us has always been about multi-platform. Uh, and and we we're very eager to you know push Kotlin outside of just just Android or just mobile and and it's growing massively now and mm -hmm. th this is great right and and it's 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 fantastic to see adoption uh, mm -hmm. in not only in scripting but server side and and even front end development which yeah. is which is very cool and from the tooling side what I would really love to see someone is a similar support as for, for Python. Like in, in IntelliJ, you now have this scientific view where you can even have some embedded plots. So you, you plot, you, you evaluate some code in the interactive Python shell embedded in IntelliJ, and then you see the, the plot right within IntelliJ. I think having a similar functionality for Kotlin would be really uh, awesome because then you could uh, use it for, for data science tasks. Yeah, like and there are analyze I mean, data and show the plots. So it would be really more something like our studios for R intelligence would be for the JVM uh, part. Yeah, and I mean, there's a there's. I mean, I, I don't know if you know Thomas Neald. Uh, mm -hmm. Sure, sure. Yeah, he's, he's doing quite a bit with data science and Kotlin. Yes, you know, and and he he says he's like, I don't love Kotlin. I love data science. Just Kotlin helps me do this better. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's cool. Great. Well, um, I do hope to see you at uh, KotlinConf this year. Um, I and, hope so as uh, well. <laughs> if, if we do finally manage to meet, um, I, I one drink is on me, despite whatever you may or not drink tomorrow at your... <laughs> at your yeah, uh, I'm also looking forward to the conference. And yeah. Great. Thanks, thanks for the discussion. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Pleasure is all mine. Take care.